Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to the 290th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me on this episode, as is tradition, the Iron Chef host, chairman, or are you Iron Chef Murimoto? I can't tell where you'd sit in the hierarchy of Iron Chef greatness. I might just say you are the the chairman to my Alton Brown. Uh, she can be found on the socials at Miss Ellie Hart. We're obviously talking about Miss Ellie Hart. Fellow Iron Chef savant, aficionado, mm. fan. How the bloody hell are you? Doing good. Does he? What does he eat at the start of the Japanese one? Is it a pepper? Like he eats a little capsicum? Like I think he does. He chomps into the capsicum, and like and there like is a bit apple. of a capsicum nod or a, a pepper nod in the the latest season of Iron Chef: Quest for an Iron Legend, which uh, mm. I finished last night. And um, <clears throat> big fan, big fan. I know we were sort of talking offline about this, and you were sort of saying you've heard mixed messages from from. Iron Chef traditionalists? Yes, yes. The fan base have been a little bit vocal about it. I think a lot of them just felt that um, it was fine as a cooking TV show, but they they shouldn't have slapped the Iron Chef uh, labeling on it, I guess, and just like left it as its own thing. Um, Maybe it didn't live up to what they had anticipated, but I've still yet to watch it. Um, I will watch it regardless. Um, there's a lot of chefs on there that I recognize and that I enjoy their work. So I just kind of want to see what they get up to and what it's all about. But well, I'm glad you liked it because, you know, you're like the only other person that I really know that enjoys these cooking show competitions <laughs> on, on an extreme level. So it was, it was good. Like it's, it's only eight episodes, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. I think <clears throat> we were talking offline, the OG Iron Chef has got like, 300 near episodes in in the yeah. back catalog and then there's the american version which is also a substantial back catalog but this one they've sort of changed the formula out a little bit where uh you know normal chefs compete against the the five iron chefs in air quotes and, and if you beat them on the score you go into the in the running to uh you know go to the final and you face all five of them at once and if you oh. if you beat them you get this this gold knife, like this gold placard knife trophy thing and, and become the Iron Legend, which is something that doesn't Ooh. exist in the Iron Chef universe at the moment. So you watch all the drama and theatric play out and like obviously there's some some pantomime absurdities going on with, with the chairman and everything else. But it, it's, it's always just interesting to me to know these chefs are so good at their craft that that they can get thrown an ingredient and go, okay, you need to make five revolutionary dishes in an hour and they can just have like this Rolodex of recipes and just yeah. know that it's going to work. Like I'm always so impressed and I've got a lot of admiration for for chefs and then especially when you add it into like a, a reality TV show spinoff, it's, it's phenomenal and... Yeah, it's, it's just good, easy, dumb fun. And you learn things watching these shows too, like how they're preparing things and mentioning flavor combinations and stuff. It's 
It's really cool. And, uh, you know, everyone's favourite celebrity Australian chef who is on everything that America seems to produce. Old Curtis Curtis. Stone, he he pops up. (laughs) He can't be killed. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And they love him. Like, they seem to think he's quite uh, quite the catch. And it's like, oh, you guys don't know. If you just kind of just went to Australia, you could find them everywhere in Bondi. That's it. If that's it. But I guess he was the first. He was the, the trailblazer. He was the Aussie that, that sort of got into America early. And because he was this big, yeah, blonde haired, sort of beach beach going looking yeah. dude. Token, token stereotype beach bum Aussie chef. That's it. He probably got on like Oprah or one of those shows back in the, you know, early 2000s and it just sort of set him off from there. And. Yeah, he's got a million shows, a million restaurants. He's he's doing well for himself. Like you're never going to fault someone's hustle. But uh, yeah, Iron Chef Quest for an, Iron, for, for an Iron Legend on Netflix. Eight episodes. Good fun if you like some some cooking uh, drama. You like watching <laughs> masters of their craft just make yeah. crazy things. And you sort of root for the underdogs. You, you root for these. Even though they are professional chefs competing against professional Iron Chefs. They're all very good at what they do, and it's just good fun. And then Mark Dacascos, who plays the chairman, just his theatrics and, like, dramatization of things that he does in it is so good, and I'm just all for it. So you've you got to give it a spin. I think, yeah, I will. I think the people you've spoken to, or maybe the internet, they've, they've sort of been a little too harsh. It's it's a lot of the same formula, and it's, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I'll still give it a go, and I'll report back to you. Nice, nice. Well, I also... Um, last night did the the back-to-back binge i i prepped all week for the final two episodes of stranger things season four part two came out last night at about 5 p.m i think eastern uh like you know eastern australian time and four hours worth of with of stranger things in two episodes uh so it's it's a big watch but uh got my pizza got my wings and had my stranger things and binge these two episodes back to back and i've got to say the Duffer Brothers and Netflix, they have hit this season out of the park. This is like a, a home run. Bases were loaded. It was phenomenal. Like we sort of talked about this one before we started recording too. And you sort of fell off in season two. And season yeah. two, I think, was a little bit of a lull. But season three, high highs. And then season four just ascended even further. And people seem you, to be you can see it. in the quality and the budget, the acting, the themes... The, just the the pure amount of nostalgia they pump into this show as far as, <clears throat> you know, we're 80s kids, so we know a lot of these references. We hear the songs, we we see the shirts and the, the references to D&D and video games and all that kind of stuff, and it just hits all those touchstones. And, oh, my God, this is this is going to be, like I sort of said it on, on Twitter last night, I feel once this season's, like this show's done, because season five's the, the, the ending of it. Oh, they've confirmed once it's, that? Yeah, that's confirmed. Like, they'll probably do a spin-off, no doubt, as is tradition. But yeah, true. I think once this is all said and done, this is going to go down as one of the, the greatest shows of, of our generation. Like, I am that high on it. And this fourth season is just all the chef's kisses. And I'm sad that I've watched it all because I've got nothing else to watch now until season five, which is apparently coming out in another two years, apparently. But I'm happy to have experienced it because it was very, very special viewing. So what was the choice in um, them separating the season? And it wasn't necessarily a major gap either. It was... It was only a month. 
was it a month? It was like four four weeks, yeah. So so the first part part one of season four, which was that seven episodes, they yeah. they split that and then had these final two. But I think it's because every episode, especially in part one, was so meaty, and then these last two episodes were like four hours combined for two, like that's a lot of viewing. And I think they just wanted to to get the hype up around the marketing and it and it worked. Like you saw Netflix it was actually crashing when this first like went live around the world like the Netflix no platform way. was was broken for a while because there was that amount of people trying to get on to watch it so you can see that the world loves the strange things and it's it's justified like i think the hype didn't beat out the quality of the show like it sort of lived up to the hype um in so many ways and i was just feeling all the emotions laughing shed a few tears i was a bit like on edge there i was having some smiles i was sort of rooting for certain characters when that when certain moments played out and it's just a good time it's really good time but i I certainly feel you season two it was a bit uneven and i was like oh no after season one this show's sort of in in the in the pits but it really returns to form in three and then four is like the sum of all its powers right now and it's so good you're gonna have to binge it all because social media like to be fair, I can't complain. As a person that is actively not watching something, it's obviously crummy for me to complain about spoilers. But um, it's just like it's just all social media. How um, how social media is at the moment, where they'll just show you stuff that you're not following, you're not like you know even linked to, and it'll be like, oh, by the way, he, someone made like a a little video snippet of everything that happened in the season. I'm like, I don't think I should be knowing this, like. Um, but I guess I have a lot of binging in store to kind of catch up and <laughs> maybe beat it before season five, maybe. Yeah, well, you got two two years apparently is the the rumored Ooh. sort of uh, release <laughs> for for season five, and the way season four ends, it sort of sets the table for some some pretty epic things to happen in season five if they go that way. Who knows? But at least it ends on on a big on some big moments and you're like, yes, I want more of this. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be two years older by the time this comes out. And the kids are going to be older, older. obviously, because they're going through those teenage years. They're evolving quickly as far as their their look. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to play out. Like if they're going to try and time jump this thing somehow to sort of weave in and justify why the kids now suddenly look like they're 20 instead of 15 and stuff like that. But uh We'll see. They'll work it out. And uh, yeah, it's it's a juggernaut, this show, and it's a global hit. And it's rightfully so, because this season was phenomenal. Mm. Give it we'll a look. We'll get there eventually. One day. <laughs> but you've been watching something too. Yeah. Um, I, look, I just wanted to give this show a little bit of a nod, because sometimes, you know, you want to throw on something just like in the background or kind of just you don't want to think. You just want to kind of enjoy yourself and not like delve into anything or think too hard, I guess is the best way of me putting it. But um watching a animated series called Close Enough. Um it's done by the same people who did the regular show. Mm-hmm. Um and I just want to give this one a shout out just on the show because there's a lot of things in this cartoon where it's just about the lives of like people in their thirties. Um and just like from little different aspects of like someone who, you know, two people who met when they were young and they have a small child and they're trying to live in LA. Um, they're sharing an apartment with one of the people's best friends who 
was a college professor but got kicked out because he dated his student and so he lives in the closet now like there's a like but there's just like so many references of like nostalgia and maybe even just like little bits of strife that we're all kind of encountering in this age in our 30s and such and it's it's just a it's a it's a decent like kind of digest of like being able to kind of laugh at ourselves as well and I just thought I'd put put this show out there. It's called Close Enough. It's it's out there. So if you if you're ever interested in just throwing something on, it's pretty simple. It just it's a you know it plays like two short episodes back to back in like one episode, but it's it's pretty good. There's a lot of great um, voice cast on there as well, so there'll be a lot of voices that you'll recognize. But um, I just thought I'd put that one into universe for some people if you're just looking for some easy watching. That hits three probably a little close to home. Yeah, at the moment, three seasons. I think the most recent season was only in the last year or so. Nice, nice. Yeah, 24 episodes, three seasons, uh, available on a few platforms. And yeah, like if you like the regular show, like the art style is apples to apples. Like exactly. you can see that it's done by the same <clears throat> the same crew, like JG Quintel, I think is how you pronounce his surname. He, he mm. created both those and you can see his DNA all through it. Oh, yeah. See, I'm keen to give it a spin. And, and I like that it sort of is a different kind of animated show that deals with a lot of real world relatable things as, as, as being people in our 30s ourselves. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll report back on that one. And um, I see you've been playing some things. You, you were yeah. true to the word on one. We were, you were talking up Four Guys a Treat last weekend. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Um, boy, that game changed a lot. <laughs> I, am, I am shite at that game now. But... It was nice to kind of get back into it because I can kind of remember how um, what like drew me to the game and also the frustrations. Um, it's been kind of interesting to seeing this um, push for their free to play, how they've changed the free to play now. So we're seeing a lot of um, fresh fresh skins in the, these games and a lot of people trying to figure out maybe what they're meant to be doing in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the store and how you get rewards or how you buy cosmetics is pretty upfront. Um, a lot of dollary dues that they're Whoa. requesting. Um, so there's that, but you know it's expected when you kind of go free to play. But yeah, it, it was it was good to get back into it, and now I'm really churning through it because now there's this like partnership, all this kind of like reward system that they're doing now with Fortnite. So if you play a certain amount of rounds of Four Guys, you get to unlock things in Fortnite. So I'm oh, like, really? well, there, there's some incentive to you know try and play both of those games at the same time. So don't tell me that. Now I got to go play Four Guys to get some Fortnite bonuses. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean. Just play play it a bit. They've got the um Halo skin um cosmetic at the moment, like a little uh challenge that they've set out. Um but you know it's all like cross play now, so you know, if you're on PC, Xbox, PlayStation or whatever, you can all play together. Or Switch, I think, is another option. Yeah, I'm, Switch I'm not, is on there too. Oof, I'm not too <laughs> sure how well that runs, but um <laughs> Yeah, so um, everyone can kind of play together. So I, it's good. I mean, it's good for free gaming. Um, if you just want to kind of get in there and mess around, you also can create custom lobbies as well. So, you know, you can just fill up a lobby with a bunch of friends and just go, you know, crazy with each other. So, mm. yeah. I certainly need to give it a crack. I'll, I'll look at it this week and jump on, but I'll have to, I'll message you and try and sync where we can jump on together. Because I don't think sure. I want to play by myself. I want to play with some with some peeps. Yeah, it's it's been pretty tough playing with some random people every now and then. I'm like, wow, like talk about if I, when I'm the when I'm the good one in the team or the duo, then you know you're in trouble. So, um, be warned. 
Um, and I also got to play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Uh, Hell yeah, you did. What What did you think of it? Because you're you're new to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a whole. You said yeah. you, you didn't watch it as a kid, so this is uh, one of your first forays into that world and that universe in New York. What did you think? Um, I the characters are wild. A lot of them are very similar, just really buff, <laughs> buff animals, <laughs> buff humanoid very, animals. Very staunch looking turtles, aren't they? Yeah. Well, not even the turtles, like the bad guys, like um. Bebop and Rocksteady, and then you had the, uh, what was he? A mole? That was like a mole. Oh yeah, yeah. Fight. Mole Man was there. Like, yeah, they're all pretty yoked. Every yeah. one of those bosses you fight, they've all been hitting the gym, and they're yeah. not skipping leg day too. They're all big bodies. There has to be some kind of connection of everyone of our generation that kind of grew up with them, and then there's this strong percentage that are just all gym junkies now, just trying to get absolutely buffed up. Like, there has to be some kind of connection to that. Also, our obsession with pizza. Um, yes. But pizza's great no matter what. I um, must confess, I didn't choose a turtle. I, I went with April. Hey, you played as April as well. She's, she's great. I, I great. rolled her. Tons of fun to play with. But like overall, I'm like, how do you play this game with six people? Because I only played with me and my husband. So it's just two characters on the screen. And sometimes we got lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there was a lot of like chaos on the screen. So I have absolutely no idea how you play this with six people because... It was chaotic. It was fun. Like, it reminds me of old school arcade games back in the day. But, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine playing this with any more than two pl- two players, to be honest. Mm. So we, we somehow made it work with five. But, wow. yeah, there was moments when you're popping your, your, your special abilities and the animations are sort of churning. And if you're all popping them at the same time, it was just like the screen was whitewashed with abilities and enemies flying this way and that way. And you're like, I'm pretty sure April's in there somewhere amongst yeah. this pile of madness and then you just let it all play out and then you just keep going but yeah it does get uh just get pretty busy on mm. the screen there but uh are you, are you a bit of a turtles fan now did did this uh did you did you play through the the full 16 levels and, and roll credits oh, as well gosh no i thought we were close to the end because mm. we we got up to like eight levels i think eight or nine and i'm like oh it would have to be 10 levels right because yeah. we got up to the Oh, do we get past it? Like, I remember seeing the Statue of Liberty. So, but yeah, like the other thing I'm going to be fully honest about this game is I would not pay full price for it. If yeah, like, me either. Like <clears throat> how quickly we got through those levels. Um, like, and reading online where it said that just to do a playthrough of it is two and a half hours. Um I, I don't see the replayability on that unless you're an achievement hunter or like you, you go for trophies or such. So um, Game Pass seems like a great option to play this game. I just, I don't I don't know how much it's going full price, but... It's uh it's $54 here in Australia. Oh, that's rough. <clears throat> that's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah no, I, if uh, like what we mentioned last last week, I think when, when I first talked about it and what Ali just said now is, yeah, if... If you're a Game Pass member or if you've got an Xbox or a PC, it's on both versions of Game Pass. Mm. So sign up. You can get your your dollar for the first month worth of Game Pass if you don't already use the service and play the game that way. Because, yeah, 50, 50 buckaroos for a game that you, you might only play through once, maybe twice, and get, let's say, the four challenges. or five hours combined. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a good chunk of change. 
for, yeah. for that type of um, output you're getting. And, and yeah, I'd, I'd go the Game Pass route for sure. Yeah. I mean, do whatever you want. Like, you might see the, you know, the money in it or you might be just a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan that you're like, I don't care, I'm going to buy it. But this is just this is just being honest for anyone else out there that may be on the fence or have been thinking about it. Like, I know how I would have approached this game and I just thought it would be brutally honest with what I would not pay big money for it. Mm. So... Yeah, because the uh, it's interesting. They released it digitally like a week and a bit ago now, but the physical version of this game isn't coming out until the back end of July. So they've sort of got a physical release in three-ish weeks or so, but mm. you can get it digitally now. So it uh, depends on if you want that physical box on your shelf with your games or if you want to just... Uh, just play it as soon as possible. You've got two options there. Sadly, you're just going to wait a little longer if you want that physical physical version in your hands. Yeah. But it's Ooh, fun. Yeah. And shout out to April O'Neil, the uh, the red-headed uh, news reporter in that fantastic yellow jumpsuit, swinging that, d- doing the literal mic drops when you press the button to yeah. sort of get your special ability points up. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Well, shout out to my husband who thought I was just being really annoying by doing her little taunt all the time until I had yeah. to mention that it went to the bar. He just thought I was being <laughs> that annoying sibling who just hits the taunt button a lot. Um, what did she say? Was it like, have you like, got any comments? Yeah, yeah, any questions or something like that? Like, yes. Um, and so she just constantly like points her microphone out like that. Um, but, and I've also learned not to Google her name. <laughs> Why? Some stuff comes up. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll check that out later. Like, not all of it. Obviously, not all of it. But, like, there's a few things that kind of came up when I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Mm. Okay. She was one of my first um, crushes that I can ever remember as, oh, as a kid. I could yeah, see why. On, on April. I could see why. It's pretty yeah. badass. Shout out to Splinter. And, obviously, Casey Jones. So, if you finish the game, you can get Casey Jones if you want to play as the, the hockey-masked, yeah, okay. hockey-stick-swinging, baseball-bat-swinging vigilante. Yep, okay. I, I'm familiar with that character. Mm-hmm. And the band. Shout out to Casey Jones. Fantastic uh, hardcore band. Don't know if they're still kicking around, but uh, they release some bangers. Rings a bell, oddly enough. Mm, they're a straight-edge hardcore band out of America. Hmm. Yeah, there's my little random music factoid for the day. All right, quick bit of <laughs> housekeeping. Obviously, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. If you want to support us monetarily, you can do so over there. Uh, if you want to get some merchandise, shop8bit.net is the place to go. And uh, we're running still a giveaway for an ATH GL3 gaming headset from our friends at Audio Technica to enter. All you've got to do is simply screenshot your review or rating that you've given THG or any of the 8-bit related podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Send it to us on those socials at We Are 8-Bit on Twitter or Instagram, or if you want to email it to us, hello at 8bit.net, and uh, you go into the draw. We'll announce that winner in the next couple of weeks. And also, you've probably only got a couple of days by the time this episode releases, but we've also got our pizza prediction running for the next few days leading up to the fantastic film release of Thor Love and Thunder. So uh, throw your Metacritic prediction. Let us know what you think the score is going to be. Just check our Instagram page and you'll see a graphic there. Drop your number there. It's obviously it's a, a score base from zero through to 100. And uh, do you just predict what Thor Love and Thunder is going to be scored by the critics? So we're going to take mm. that overall Metacritic critic score that averages out after a few days once all the, all the media stalwarts have got in there. And, uh, you know, 
thrown their two cents in. I think it's going to review highly. I'm very excited for, for Love and Thunder. I cannot wait for that. You keen for, for some Love and Thunder? Yeah, I love the aesthetic that they're going with here. Um, Like the wonderfully 80s hair metal themes that we've been seeing through the trailers and such. And I mean, like, I mean, everyone's already in love with the characters and everything that's attached to it. So it seems to be doing well. Um, they had a screening already in the past week, I say with absolutely no confidence, but um, it it's, seems like those those viewers actually enjoyed it, so only time will tell. Like, I anticipate high, high marks. I'm excited. I loved what Taika did with Ragnarok. Sadly, I don't know if it's just like to, to get us off the scent, but I saw some, some stuff in the news the other day that like the, the scenes that Jeff Goldblum shot for... Uh, Love and Thunder, who's obviously also one of the characters in Ragnarok, uh, have been cut from the film. So that oh, makes no. me a little bit sad because that's he was fantastic shame. in that. So uh, hopefully that's just a bit of a swerve and a misdirect because uh, more Jeff is a good thing. Yeah. But uh, let's jump into this. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, this is a bit of an eye roll for me when I saw this uh, doing the rounds on the internet this week, but uh, the Skate 4 team have released a trailer for the game showing footage of the game's various prototypes, or as the trailer puts it, pre-pre-pre-alpha versions. The trailer is noticeably transparent about the game's development process, giving players a glimpse of various processes like character rigging and dealing with bugs. Though there are a few segments of game gameplay with more polished graphics to show players what the game's future might have in store. This uh, this sucked. Um, <laughs> to, to be completely honest, like obviously Skate Four or Skate, I think is potentially what they're going to ultimately call it. As as far as like the you know the the resetting of the franchise. Yeah. This game was announced what two e two e threes ago. Where they just said, we're making a game. And that was it. Like, that no graphic, it, yeah. no trailer. Two years on, they show us, like, I like that we get some behind the curtain. And I'm not going to shit can the people at EA for, for being transparent in that regard. But this is not how you build hype for a game. Like, this, at least for me, this went the opposite way where I'm like, this game's years and years and years away. I already had no expectations. Now I have even less because it feels like. I don't know, like, I don't know the the thought process of why they decided to release this. Like, can you understand, like, can you think of a reason why they'd do this? I mean, we talked about Skate, Re- Skate 4 recently. Um, I believe it was either about the Xbox event or the news in the previous week of um, Tony Hawk yeah, 3 and 4. 3 and 4. Non-existing. And I think we've, we kind of have actually said, like, we have not heard anything else about this game since its initial announcement. And what the hell are they doing? Why haven't we heard anything? And now now they've released this, this little trailer thing. Um, I mean, it's good. I guess I guess I'm, I'm wondering if maybe there were more voices much like ours kind of saying like, why have we still not heard anything about this title? And maybe they received some kind of pressures from shareholders or whatnot saying like, show something like, you know, prove that like something's still going on or that we're making something like that. So that's the only thing I can think about why, why they would do something like this and why they would show it in this kind of form. Um, Because some of the comments I saw, 
Uh, like like pe- people aren't game developers and they obviously don't really have any idea about anything but some people just saying like this is all you've done in two years <laughs> yeah yeah the internet's wild I, I'm I I this is a non-win for me because like I don't really care for skate I never really played the original one so I'm not really chewing at the bit to to play it or you know find out much about it i was only ever curious about when we would hear about it again and here Mm. we are yeah it's it's interesting like i guess the skate loyalists might have been excited to actually see this game exists in air quotes yeah like very very early obviously they said pre 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 alpha Alpha, so you can see how early in the development cycle we are and I know a lot of human hours and energy and skill goes into making a game. I'm not going to discredit anyone involved in this development process, but this is not a way you build hype for a game, at least in my head. Like as far as the the marketing machine, this is not a way to get people excited and keep talking about Skate 4 or Skate or ultimately whatever they're going to, you know, name this thing when it comes out in 2030. But yeah, like... I think in this regard, it almost would have been, at least from my standpoint, no news is good news instead of this news. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess like, Am so. I wrong in that thought process? I don't I, know. I guess so. Like, the only other thing that I can think of and kind of exactly how this was essentially presented is like, well, then why, instead of, first of all, calling it whatever, well, maybe they didn't call it, but news outlets are calling it a trailer, um, maybe more go down the route and just call them dev diaries, you know, like... We've, we've seen them in previous titles and a lot of people have been pretty receptive to them um, and enjoy looking at behind the curtain stuff. And I guess that's what this m- more felt like than anything. So maybe it should have been established that they were releasing some behind the scenes or the, like a dev diary instead of like kind of uh, dropping it as this. But like like you said, like maybe skate fans that are actually really, really waiting for the title enjoyed this, enjoyed having this little snippet, this little brief bit, and just, I guess, having a little bit of pen to paper, so to speak, um, just that, as proof as that something's, something is existing and out there. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know if any skate fans out there did uh, pop any stiffies when uh, <laughs> this, this trailer released because it's... It's interesting. Like, I'm, I'm not a skate purist. I know some people that love that franchise yeah. and maybe this was what they needed to to see them through for the next few years to know that EA are doing right by this by this IP. But it just it just went opposite for me. Like, I had, like you mentioned as well, like, we got no skin in this game anyway no. and it feels like now I've taken a step further back because, yeah, it was, was presented as a trailer. I like the idea you, you mentioned, like, Maybe they do like a YouTube series, like a development diary type of thing where they can show these changes and updates and what they're working on instead of releasing this almost as like a hype trailer where it did the opposite for me. De-hype? Anti-hype? I don't know what the the opposite of hype would be. De-hyping trailers in the gaming space is becoming a regular thing. Maybe for me. I feel like it's been a few times now where I've kind of said like, the more trailers that they release, the less hype I'm getting. So... It's 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 happened to me in the past, so yeah, yeah. But this this certainly missed the mark from from my perspective. But uh, I guess we'll see. Maybe maybe in a couple more years we'll see some only some pre pre alpha instead of pre 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 alpha footage <laughs> coming out. But maybe. Uh, yeah, just just the fact that there's three pre's before the alpha. This game is a long, long, long way away. Mm-hmm. 
So so be patient. But if you don't want to wait that long and you want to play something a little bit fun, a little bit funky, uh, Renovation Simulator House Flipper snuck its way onto Xbox Game Pass this week. Wasn't announced, wasn't on any any sort of um, Game Pass upcoming schedules. It just sort of stealth dropped in there. Microsoft didn't have any official announcements, but it just uh, appeared overnight in the recently added section. I don't know if you've played any House Flipper. Um, I've watched a few friends stream it on on Twitch, and it looks fun. It's a nice little chilled out sim game, and I think I'm going to be playing a little bit of this over the coming weeks. I I think I finished House Flipper. I didn't, I didn't think that there was an ending, but yeah, like I got to the to the end of it. I'm curious to see if this version that they've released on Game Pass, maybe it might have additional content because I think I played this a while ago now, but um, it's a it's a great little cozy game of just like being given like decrepit homes and, you know, giving these tasks of like, you know, cleaning, renovating, um, painting, um, you know, doing up. And then you, you yourself can also invest in properties and turn them over and then, you know, sell them at a profit and such. It's, it's a very curious game. And I, I always thought it was kind of niche, but it's actually done extremely, extremely well. And a lot of people from different gaming spaces have actually jumped on board and played this game at least once. So um, I think it's great. I, I, I found it quite relaxing. Mm. I could use a bit of relaxation in my gaming after a lot of high tense and stressful Fortnite related moments. Hmm. So I'm going to give this a spin. I'll, I'll relay back to see how smooth and intuitive the controllers, like how yeah. it is playing on a controller. I played on PC. Because those sims can be a bit tough. On a controller, so I'll see how they've gone with remapping the buttons to an Xbox controller. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a look over the next couple of weeks, and uh, I'll circle back. Uh, the, the last little quick hitter before we jump into a couple of bit more deeper pieces of news. Uh, Spellbreak developer Proletariat uh, will seemingly be acquired by Blizzard to work on World of Warcraft, with the major consequence being that the wizard-based battle royale is to be shut down. Proletariat announced the closure of Spellbreak this week before VentureBeat later reported that there were plans for the studio and its 100 members of staff to be purchased by Blizzard. The team, which has reportedly been working with Blizzard since May of this year, will will focus on World of Warcraft and its upcoming Dragonflight expansion. So I guess it's bittersweet news this, where Proletariat and um, Spellbreak, the game is no more but mm. also the fact that they've been acquired and all those staff are moving directly across to Blizzard, that's a positive. It's, you know, the, the studio's well. gone for all intents and purposes, but all the people working there will remain in employment and are jumping into the big old beast that is WoW. Yeah. Um, I, 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 seeing that, like, a game was going to just be stopped and cease, like, I had to kind of double-check what Spellbreak was. Um, and I think I actually have seen a few people play it. Like it's probably come up on my suggestions on Twitch and such. Um, it's, it's a very sweet game and it looks relatively well polished and probably fits in a lot of categories that people are familiar with. So, I mean, it must be sad to have something that you've worked on and kind of, I guess, taken away, shut down, Mm. you know, um, and then moving to a company like, like Blizzard, um, you're right, stability and all that kind of jazz, but obviously Blizzard hasn't been having the best of times lately um, in regards to treatment of staff and et cetera. Um, hopefully with this turnover of uh, Microsoft, 
ownership. When is that happening? Well, they reckon it's going to be completed officially by, I think it was June 2023. Like oh. it's, it's gone through the voting stages and are now, now the, um, like the American, you know, governing bodies are, I think they've voted to approve it and pass, pass the, uh, like pass the purchase. So it's, it's chugging along slowly, but surely, but, uh, yeah, this felt like I haven't played a minute of spell break, but I remember watching a clay from uh, a couple of MTCs playing a bit of this and being pretty hard about it. And it looked pretty funky um, as far as moving, like bringing in the, the magic or mage based elements of the game into a battle Royale formula. Sure. And I always wanted to play it, but I never did. And it looks like I'm not going to, yeah, won't be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this, this game only came out in 2020. So mm. I guess it's nice to see that one of these BRs had a, good life cycle some of these games can live and die pretty quickly as far as they pop up and then the servers are shut within six months so it's nice to see this hang around for two years and and no doubt hopefully all these staff members got got a nice little payout and a bonus uh based off off the sale to blizzard but yeah if we can see some of these mechanics make its way to wow like i've heard i've seen rumblings and rumors about like a battle royale mode potentially creeping into wow like obviously they've got the battlegrounds and stuff which is one thing but making it almost like a a pvp every person for themselves 100 people drop in type of thing could be an Mm. interesting mechanic to to make its way into into wow as well And, and maybe this sort of purchase could start to signal that in a more official capacity I know, like the the thing that like in saying that maybe it was a battle royale or success, you would only assume that if they were acquired, that maybe if it was so great, they would take over the IP. But um, you're right, like maybe they're just um taking what they know, what they've learned, and then gonna just apply it to the to the WoW. Um, like makes expansion. sense. Like obviously, obviously, there's spell casting and combat. In, in WoW and it's, yeah. that was uh, ripe in Spellbreak so maybe they'll take some of that some of that um, IP and those character models and those assets and weave that into some little WoW BR expansion that's going to tie into into Dragonflight which is uh, you know slated for release in the future yeah we'll see <laughs> the next uh, next bit of news I've just titled Adults Are Evil coming soon to cinemas and the small screen. So uh, Sega is looking to expand further into film and TV by exploring potential live action adaptations for games developed by Atlas. An exclusive reveal to IGN, Sega says that expanding storyline, uh, storytelling form, sorry, is a new and important part of Sega's overall business strategy. This is why Sega is opening up Atlas's critically acclaimed library of games, which includes series like Shin Megami Tensei, Persona, and Catherine to potential live action film and TV adaptations. The quote reads, Atlas's worlds are filled with high drama, cutting edge style, and compelling characters, says Toyu Nagahara, Sega's lead producer on the live action Sonic the Hedgehog movies and Sonic Prime TV series. Stories like those from the Persona franchise really resonate with our fans and we see an opportunity to expand the lore like no one has seen or played before. Nakahara, who is also Sega's head of entertainment productions for film and TV, adds, Together, Sega and Atlas are working to bring these stories and worlds to life through new mediums and for new audiences. Sega didn't confirm which production companies it's interested in working with other than to say that it is currently exploring live action film and TV projects with various studios and producers. 
So this is interesting. You know, we've talked a little bit over the years as far as these IPs and the messaging and the storylines and the the tone of these games. Mm. And I could see it translating to the screen. How successfully, I don't know. I think it would very much depend on the studio and also if they try and make it more appealing to everybody. Like, and mm. what I mean by that is in... Do they try and lower the the rating of the game so more people uh, rating of the movie or the TV show so more people could watch it? Because I think something like this and the themes that they explore this has to be like an MA type of rated system here for Australia. Like it is some serious and very adult themes and some heavy shit happens in these games. Yeah. So I don't think you can water it down. I think you got to show that full like head on. You you can't sort of skirt around the themes and the tone and the drama and the, the bad things that your characters experience. So I think this could work. Just hopefully it doesn't get destroyed like what they did with uh, Death Note on Netflix, for example. True. Fantastic manga, fantastic anime, pretty shitty uh, live-action adaptation for Netflix. So hopefully it doesn't follow that path and does something a little bit better. I don't know. What do you what do you reckon about this? Are you uh you interested? Um I could see Catherine being a really good like raunchy kind of movie. Um I'm a little bit mm, hesitant on Persona being live action. I just think they just, you know, they could have just kept it animated and it would also obviously depend maybe they would just not use established games and create their own new um a new collection or a new story to follow but i mean um persona is loved um for the story and the characters and obviously the art style aesthetic like everyone loves the music that is attached to it too so it would just seem weird to essentially take all that is loved about it and then like try to just make a live action thing that has its name and has ideas about it. I don't know. I just would rather just watch full on anime of it. These are, these are always like risky things to do, especially talking about moving into live action and then putting it in a public facing thing. Like you should shone light on is like, do are they going to make it more? I was like, I don't know how to say it, but like for the norms, you know, like for the people that aren't gamers, yeah. the people that aren't into anime, the people More that are mainstream, mainstream, I guess, I guess, I guess mainstream is probably the best word to say. Um, because yeah, like I, are you going to change it? So it fits into that box as opposed to being loyal and true to the tones and all the themes that are within these, you know, these IPs. So I don't know. It, it's a bit weird with these ones, including, um, because like, yeah, the tones, like the things that they deal with is, pretty raunchy. Mm. I wouldn't be sad at all if they went, you know what? This medium is going to fit better if we just made it into an anime or an animated show for Netflix or Amazon Prime or streaming service XY because you've already got the base to build off there. You don't have to try and worry about casting and all those controversies that come with all of that. You can just take those character models and just change the animation style from, from what you've seen in the games to the screen. But... It's going to be interesting. Like, uh, I just hope we see it done well. Obviously, we saw that first pass with the original Sonic the Hedgehog movie when they leaked uh, the first images of how Sonic looked. Then, obviously, the internet uh, got very angry and they had to go back to the drawing board and pump a lot more money in it to rebuild those models. Mm -hmm. 
hopefully they don't sort of half ass. It's probably a bit disrespectful to the people that are going to be making these uh, pieces of media, but hopefully they stay very true to the source material and do it right from the jump yeah. as opposed to just trying to get it out as quick as they can. But I'm all for it. Give me some more mature themed animation or if they do live action, I'll still give it a spin. Um, the the world of Persona is absolutely bananas mm-hmm. and seeing that realised in, in, in sort of a live film or TV would be great. I think it certainly would have to be a, a TV adaptation as opposed to a film. I don't think you can tell some of these stories in 90 minutes. I yeah. think you need five, six, seven, ten hours, whatever it's going to be, uh, to, to properly tell these worlds, uh, tell these stories and, and build out these worlds. But yeah. but I'm interested. I'm going to reserve judgment, unlike what we said about Skate. I am... Uh, I'm sort of stroking my beard going, hmm, yes, let's let's see what uh, Sega and Atlas do and it's ultimately going to depend on, on where these, these films and TV shows end up from a development standpoint. But uh, we'll, we'll re-update uh, again soon when we, when, we hear, hear, uh, when we hear more. Yeah. And the last bit of news we're going to be tackling on this episode of THG, uh, we'll just uh, recap the, the latest Nintendo Direct Mini. Mm. Uh, so, so this past week we had another Nintendo Direct Mini and this was focused on third-party developers this past week. So I'll sort of skim through. There was about a dozen or so announcements, give or take. We won't deep dive onto all of them, but um, jump in when you've got some some more wording you want to throw or any feedback because there's a few that have been talked about pretty regularly the last couple of weeks on the back of all the Game Fest and conferences and things like that. And that first uh, thing that I'll mention here, uh, we got a bit of showcasing of Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable they're all obviously making their way to the Nintendo Switch. They are coming out with a staggered release date. Uh, We get Persona 5 Royal um, in October on the 21st, and then the other two games are going to follow later. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're all sold separately, so you can't buy them as sort of a triple pack. I'd say ultimately they might bundle them together. But for now, uh, you want to play some Persona on your Nintendo Switch, you'll be able to do so in the coming months. Cool. Ties in nicely, I guess, to what we were talking about with uh, these games getting adapted for the screen. So they're just keeping it more front and center for us. Yeah, kind of a bit of a knockdown for Microsoft, though. It kind of um, when they kind of showed up that they had, they were going to be able to play, you were going to be able to play Persona on an Xbox. Everyone was like, whoa, wah. And then now it's like, oh, you can also play it on Switch. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. So every everyone gets it. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, bit bit of wind out of the sails yeah. from the uh, the Xbox Bethesda showcase, but still cool to see these games. Stranglehold's too aggressive of a word, but you know this is this has been a Sony franchise and a Sony studio for years, and to see them getting opened up, it's great. And I'd say mm. the same for Microsoft-owned studios going elsewhere. Like, if games can be played on more platforms, why wouldn't you do it? Because it's great. Uh, we also got the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection officially announced, and it combines all 10 games. It's going to be coming out in 2023 and it'll be sold uh, in two parts if purchased digitally. So that's a bit uh, weird. A bit of an eyebrow raiser trying to clip that ticket twice. But uh, yeah, 10 Mega Man games making its way to the Switch in 2023. Um cool i'm not gonna buy it i appreciate mega man i've played a few of the games over the years on legacy platforms but 
yeah, like nostalgia in me with games, it doesn't usually resonate for purchases and, and replaying of, of old games. Once once I've had my crack, I'm moving forward, but I think a lot of people will buy this collection. You yeah. You buying the Mega Man collection? No. Like the Mega Man fan base is pretty strong, so I can see them being really happy for this, but... The Mega Man games, like, for me, were, like, the really early, early ones. Um, and these would be titles that I would probably more anticipate as being a part of maybe the retro collection that you get for subscribing to, like, Nintendo Online or whatever that service is. Yeah. And you get you get access to their older games. Those Mega Man games, which I do like, is what I would be more anticipating on that service as opposed to buying this particular collection. Yeah, I'm with you. Completely agree. Yeah. <clears throat> Completely agree. If you could weave some of those games into that that um, Switch Online service or open it up and they, they get bundled into uh, Xbox Gold or PS Plus, like if these, these could jump onto other platforms in a bit more of a reduced capacity, I'd, I'd be happy. But uh, I'm sure a lot of Mega Man fans out there will be uh, clamoring for this uh, Battle Network Legacy Collection in early 2023. Yeah. Um, after that, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope has gotten a release date, and we don't have to wait too long at all on this one. It's going to be coming out on October the 20th. They also included the introduction of Bowser as a playable character. Yeah. I love the Rabbids. I don't know if I've ever established that on this uni- that this uh, like podcast that I'm big on the po- <laughs> the Rabbids universe. Like I okay. I love the Rabbids. They are the right level of crazy psychotic just weirdness that i just really have enjoyed however this game is not my type of game i don't really like these kind of um was it is it turn based no it's turn um, turn based strategy games yeah i'm not i'm not really big into them it's adorable i've seen other people play it um i like how they act and the little little quirky things that they do in gameplay and such and seeing the rabid versions of Mario characters is very adorable, but... Um, <coughs> and a bit creepy, some of them. Like the, the Princess yeah. Peaches and stuff like that. Like Some of us like the creepiness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, when it comes to actual gameplay, it's, it's not for me. Mm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I can, I can appreciate these two worlds combining mm-hmm. and the first Mario plus Rabbids, you know, sold well enough for them to generate a sequel. Uh, the, you know, Ubisoft Nintendo collaboration there is strong. Will I play this game? Probably not, but I know a lot of other people will. And seeing Bowser make his way in there, that's cool. I've got to ask, hmm. is, is, is this, am I on the money here? And are, are Rabbids sort of like this generation's lemmings? Possibly. Like different games, but I like appreci- just I as really, far as the characters. I honestly really appreciate you making a connection to the Lemmings, like because uh, someone has rudely said to me, like, oh, rabbits, aren't they like minions? And I'm like, oh, dear God. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I think that that's probably the right angle that you're going with there. Um, I, I had the games, like the rabbits games on the Wii. Like, I oh, really? really? You were in? I was in. I, I, was, I was stupidly into rabbits. Um, I even had like a cute little figurine that used to sit on my desk. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that's a pretty strong connection. By the way, people don't need to let me know out there. I know everyone hates the rabbits. Um <laughs> Just letting you know. That's a strong opinion. They, no, people hate them because they don't talk. They just yell or, you know, yeah. do kind of like mumbly talk. So. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm. They're very divisive, the old rabbits. I don't hate them. <clears throat> I'm bang smack in the middle. But, uh, 
Yeah, shout out to Lemmings. Shout out to one of the OG games, strategy games. Yeah. It was a banger. All right. We also got a com- confirmation that Portal Companion Collection has already arrived on the Switch. So this was announced um, available later on the day of the, the live Nintendo Direct Mini. So, uh, yeah, you, you want to get amongst Portal and Portal 2, you can you can do so now on the Nintendo Switch and it will include local split screen and online oh. multiplayer as well. Portal, fantastic series. Never played uh, it. Hell of a time. Thoroughly recommend playing it on something because it is everywhere, as evidenced by now being on the Switch. And it's just so clever and interesting. And, yeah, it gets the brain ticking. Yeah. It gets you thinking. <laughs> It's that grey matter working. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, I should play it. I never really thought about playing it like locally, like split screen. Um, Hell yeah. Which would be a bit fun. So I might have to look and maybe getting my hands on that one. You should. You should. Uh, the next announcement, uh, Nier Automata, the end of your edition, is making its way to the Switch as well. So uh, obviously this epic action RPG, uh, which is it's one of the... The best of the last several years, uh, mm. probably unanimously said that by many, 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 many people, um, is coming out on October the 6th. And this Nintendo Switch version will include all previously released DLC as well as Nintendo Switch exclusive costumes. So mm. if you are yet to play Nier Automata, uh, it is also a game that is on every platform. Uh, you can do the chance, uh, you can have the chance to do so on the Switch come October the 6th. So October is starting to fill up more and more with yep. some, some additional releases and, and notable titles and uh, new collections coming out. So, uh, yeah, get get near Automata, the end of Yora edition, into you on October the 6th on the Switch, should you choose. Hmm. The next one, I'm excited for this. I want to play Harvestella. So Square Enix <laughs> announced this new game, combines RPG elements and worlds with the lifestyle sim gameplay of Stardew Valley. Uh, the cool thing is coming out on November the 4th and something that's a little different with this game. So you're playing as a villager, collecting your materials, growing your farm, all those sort of uh, life sim tropes. Mm-hmm. But what you need to do is prevent the quietus, which is the season of death. Um, and it's pretty much inevitable. It's coming up. And so you've got this finite life cycle with your farm and your life <laughs> where you need to build and prepare for quietus where either you and all your, your fellow villager people are going to die or maybe you can prevent it to, to prolong the game and keep going. So I like that there's a bit of a different change, a bit of a different wrinkle to the, the lifestyle sim archetype. And it looked cute and I'm, I'm down. Are you in? As a, as a fellow Sim fan? I don't know. When I watched this trailer, I was like, hang on, what is this game? Because I got really confused because I'm like, all right, it's a farming game, but then you're also fighting as well. Like, maybe it was a bit too much for me to um ingest in the day. But, like, it looks pretty. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll have to just maybe look into it a little bit more because I wasn't completely sold on combining the two elements. Yeah, bit much. I just yeah. want to. Could be divisive. Yeah, I usually just want to relax when I'm doing my farming games. I just kind of want to just do my thing, relax, have my little farm, you know, pat my little animals on the farm, and just you know, forget about the world, not mm. have to rid of the season of death. Yeah, quietus. It sounds sounds pretty morbid, but yeah, it's mm. uh, this is farming with consequence potentially. So we'll see how it goes. I just realized what I was wearing. <laughs> Yeah, Stardew Valley it's shirt, so and it's a death metal, death metal Stardew Valley Stardew shirt. shirt. So that really actually retcons what I just said. Yeah, I'll look into it then. 
<laughs> I'll eat my hat or my shirt, I guess, in this case. Yeah, you're committed. But uh, yeah, Harvestella coming out on November the 4th. Uh, we got confirmation from Ron Gilbert directly here that uh, Return to Monkey Island is coming to consoles and it's going to be making its way first to the Nintendo Switch mm. as opposed to PlayStation or Xbox. Or PC. Uh, or PC. So this is coming in 2022. The world was very excited for Mon- uh, you know, this Return to Monkey Island game. But uh, also there's been a bit of discourse that's come off the back of this announcement and Ron Gilbert has been involved in a lot of internet drama with very angry gamer fans saying very, very negative things towards him as far as this game's planning. And on the back of that, he's decided to, to no longer announce things personally or talk about games or things that he's working on coming up until it's actually out now. So he's sort of done a full step back and said, you know what, internet... Fuck you guys. Try to do something right here. You've come at me with your pitchforks and your torches and you're just being dicks. So I am going to ground. And I understand why. Yeah. Internet's a pretty shitty place. Um, sometimes it's better just to be a viewer on the outside than actually participate within it. Um, I loved Monkey Island. Um, I love my point and click adventures. Point and click on the PC. <sighs> I understand about going this new route in design, but it's throwing me off. It really is bugging me out and I can't, I can't get over it for some reason. Like I, I, I like the style, like the style's pretty cool, but when I'm seeing these characters, which I'm familiar with, which I've like, you know, although saying that I, you know, I went from pixel to kind of cartoon drawing at one stage, but something about it's really throwing me off and not making it feel nostalgic or familiar or like connected it's like it's and it's it's bugging me because I want to I want to like it and I want to be excited but yeah I don't know stubborn I don't know it's mm. it's it's shitty because I want to I want to be excited I want to be happy about it well you can try and uh, point and click your way through this game on the Nintendo Switch at the back end of this year should you choose <gasps> if if it allows you to sort of instead of move the joysticks around and you can just like finger tap the screen as far as that can be the way to navigate. That'd be a much smoother and quicker experience, but uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm with you. Like the, the art style, it's familiar, but alien. And it sort of throws off the, the nostalgia feel as far as thinking of, of the OG monkey Island games and how it looked and, and what it's become. But I'm down just as long as it can nail the tone. That's the biggest thing. Hopefully yes. the writing is still as witty and funny and clever. So as long as it can nail the tone, I think it should be a good time. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll wait. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we also got Super Bomberman R2, which is a new game announced. It's coming to the Switch in 2023. And it's got a uh, castle mode that lets teams of up to 15 players blast their way to a treasure chest while one player acts as defense to try and stop them. I can also create and share custom battle stages. More Bomberman. Um, Bomberman's fun. It's fine. I'm not a big uh, loyalist to the franchise, but it's a game that I've enjoyed when you can get into that multiplayer madness and, and play with friends, family, and foes. So, uh, yeah, more, more Bomberman, Super Bomberman R2 coming in 2023 to Switch. Hmm. Not a big Bomberman fan, but eh, looks cute. Yeah. Yeah, we also had uh, Live Alive with the demo officially announced. So this is obviously a cult classic RPG making its way to the Switch with the new HD 2D look. 
Uh, the full game is coming out on July 2020, uh, July 22, sorry, of this year. So uh, in, in a little over three weeks or a little under three weeks at time of recording here. But yeah, you'll be able to play the first three chapters right now via the Nintendo eShop. I actually want to give this a look. I want to try and play this demo to sort of feel it out and see see if it's going to uh, move the needle for me. So I'll uh, report back on that too. Hmm. It, look, it looks cute, but yeah. Nope, also, also not my thing. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, a bit of Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak could be a thing where they, <laughs> they sort of dove deep and, and sort of revealed and showcased more of the roadmap, letting you know when these free updates are coming, what they're going to consist of, so on and so forth. So we've got a pretty good deep dive on Monster Hunter Rise in the Capcom showcase just about two weeks ago now. So more of the same there. Uh, we've got a gameplay trailer then for Sonic Frontiers. Mm-hmm. which is the free roaming game making its way to Nintendo Switch and also showcased uh, a new look at the combat. Uh, is is this exciting for you? I know you're the, the resident Sonic fan. Are you in on Frontiers? No, not really. Um, I, as I've previously mentioned, I kind of dropped off Sonic games on, uh, around like Sonic 3 and when we started getting a bit 3D with the Sonic games, I, I never really um, enjoyed them. Uh, we've obviously seen more of this um, Sonic Frontiers game, which originally looked like it was just some game modded to have Sonic in it because the styles were completely off. We have since seen stages, different stages and such, but it's still in that kind of uh, like Sonic Generations kind of like perspective of being behind Sonic and going down like one single path. It's not my kind of thing. So, but I mean, I, there's a lot of people that are a fan of that style of Sonic game. So hopefully they'll, they'll enjoy that one. That's it. And the world's mad for Sonic. It's, you know, it'd be yeah. silly for them to stop making these games, especially with the hysteria off the back of the two films. We got a new trailer for Minecraft, Minecraft Legends, mm-hmm. uh, which which was fine. Not a big needle mover for me. You know, we've talked about Minecraft Legends a little bit off the back of the Xbox showcase that was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, cool. The next one, though, I thought this was one of the, the winners of this uh, Nintendo Direct Mini. It's called Blanc. And it's uh, where you play as a fawn and wolf cub and you've got to work together to find their way home in the snow. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cute, really adorable, really heartwarming. It's described as an emotional adventure and something that's a nice differentiator for this game. It's completely text-free. So anyone can play and experience this story. You can play with a friend in local or online co-op and the game is making its way to platforms on February uh, in February of 2023. This this was a stunning looking little game. It's gorgeous, but uh, you know it's going to make you cry. Oh yeah, yeah. I am going to be very fragile after playing this game. I think uh, the next bit of uh, game we're going to talk about here: Disney Dreamlight Valley. So it got a little bit more love. Another one of these sim games, but in the Disney universe. Uh, the game is going to be released in early access on September the 6th, so we don't have to wait long at all. We've talked about this a couple of times since it was announced only maybe, what, three months ago, I think? Maybe not even that, but I am down to play Disney Dreamlight Valley. I am so in. Yeah. This, like, this, like, <laughs> you a little less so. I'm like, I don't know, because I'm still not 100% on what the game is, but there's something about, like, just, like, you know, rubbing shoulders with certain, like, Disney characters or just establishing a homestead next to one of them. Like, I was like, all right, maybe. All right. <laughs> it's so absurd, but I think it's going to work. Uh, we got then 
uh, announcement regarding Dragon Quest Treasures, which is a spin-off from the mainline Dragon Quest games, mm-hmm. coming to the Nintendo Switch on December the 9th. Um, looks interesting. I'm not a big Dragon Quest guy. Like, I've played it sparingly over the years, and I had fun with it, but I just haven't sunk enough time into it to probably have a more formed opinion. I liked Builders. Um, the uh, Dragon Quest Builders that they release. I wasn't mm-hmm. too sure if this was similar to that, but I, I mean, if we have to hear that damn song again, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me about it. Every time. Got nightmares. Nightmares. All right. Little Noah, Sky of Paradise was the, the next game they showcased. And that's a new roguelite action game. And it's actually out now. So this was another one of those cheeky stealth drops, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool to see where they, they announce a game and boom, you can play it right away. So if you want to jump into that and play play with Noah, who uh, along with her cat Zipper must explore ancient ruins, recruit allies and fight enemies and bosses, you can do so right now via the Nintendo Switch eShop. Looked interesting. Uh, roguelites, I'm... Very up and down on the, on that genre. Yeah. Some games really, really hook me. And then other ones I'll play and I'm like, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. It's got too many things out at the moment where even those ones that you take a gamble on, you, you second guess. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see. The other one, this next one that I want to mention, certainly piqued my interest as well. RPG Time, The Legend of Right. So uh, Kentra is an aspiring game creator who is working on their first hand-drawn RPG and you play through Kentra's notebook with over 200 pages worth of puzzles to solve, draw and erase. It's coming out on August the 18th, so a little over six weeks' time you'll be able to play this. Really cute style, very interesting um, premise here. And, Yeah, yeah, this is another one where I'm like, okay, I, um, I might seriously consider picking this up on the 18th of August. Yeah, it's it was definitely very unique and stood out. And my only query about it is is how accessible it is to a younger generation because it has it has that connection to like a young kid dreaming to being a game dev or creating his own game and um, a lot of like imagination and arts and like I I I just think that like based on the idea and the concept of the game, I hope the game itself is accessible to kids of a younger generation so they that they too can kind of get inspired by it because it just it looks very delightful it really does and um yeah i'm i'm keen to see how this plays out and yeah i hope it is accessible because if if this could be a nice gateway to 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 young kids as you mentioned getting more into game development this could be a nice little little sort of teaser little palette cleanser to to get them interested and, and more more excited to explore the life of a of a game dev Mm. And the highs and lows of all that. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we've got some some highlights of Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. So this is a very surreal puzzle mystery game making its way to the Nintendo Switch in 2023. It's sort of a homage to the, you know, mystery games and novels of yesteryear. So uh, a little bit of a throwback. Looks look, cool. Looked, looked looked pretty cool, yeah. I like I liked its kind of um styling and uh, like nods to the noir kind of styles. Like it's weird to say I kind of got like a little bit of persona vibes to it. Um I it, it out of all of the things that we were kind of shown, like that really did kind of like make me pay attention a little bit. I'm I'm very curious to see what that that one's all about. 
Yes, that's coming out in 2023. We don't know the exact release date yet, but mm. uh, you're going to have to wait till next year on that one. Uh, then we've got Doraemon Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom. So obviously this uh, game ties into the uh, legendary Japanese mascot, Doraemon. And uh, you're harvesting crops, tending to animals, and using Doraemon's secret gadgets. So we've got some more of that life sim love coming out this year. Specific date at the moment is not confirmed. But if you want to have that uh, that life sim game with that very eccentric big old blue cat humanoid thing, you can do so with Doraemon Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom. So many life sim games coming yeah. out this year. Like, <laughs> it is absurd. It was felt like the theme of this Nintendo Mini event is like, you know, like uh, Xbox was your kids like space. Nintendo's like, your kids like farming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice it's it's a good contrast there yeah. and those life sim games are great escapism at its finest those games yeah pretty much all right we've got uh pac-man world repack so this is a remake of pac-man world coming to the nintendo switch on august the 26th cool uh i'm still very impressed that they're getting more blood out of this stone <laughs> um decades and decades and decades since pac-man first made its way to cabinets it's still around. Like we even saw this past week, they had the uh, the Pac Man uh, backpack and emotes in Fortnite yeah, again popping up. Like yeah. this this game, this franchise will not die. No, I, I and seeing how it was like seeing his family was it in prison? Was that what happened in the trailer? Yeah, they they get captured and get taken to Ghost Island. So you're playing as Pac Man and you go rescue your Pac family. Yeah, that, that kind of like threw me off for a little bit there, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, evolving, evolving, um, old game fr- franchises and trying to I guess keep them relevant to a newer, younger generation, maybe. Indeed, indeed. Uh, then we got some highlighting of the game Railgrade. So anyone that's a fan of those rail management sim games, uh, this one is coming out later this year. Are you in? You're shaking your yeah. head very aggressively. Oh, yeah. You're down for Railgrade? I spent many, many an hour on Railroad Railro- Railro- Tycoon um, <laughs> on the PC. Uh, like a lot. Like like ridiculously a lot. Like I don't know what had me obsessed with that game. But uh, when I saw this one, I was like, oh, is it another one? But it's similar. I'm on board. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Indeed, indeed. Coming out later this year. And the last game... In regards to this Nintendo Direct Mini, is Captain Velvet Meteor the Jump Plus Dimensions? Mm. So you're playing as a young boy who recently moved to Japan with no friends. Damien chooses to instead live his life in his imagination as the superhero Captain Velvet Meteor, who teams up with his favorite manga characters to help escape a mysterious world. This game is coming out later this month, gonna be on the Nintendo Switch on July 28. Looks looks kind of cute, like reading the synopses i'm like oh that's that's some of the things i really like but then in the trailer and the game it didn't really hook me nah, so much no it didn't really sell me either I, I, there's something about it that kind of i guess it sounds stupid but felt juvenile about it felt very kitty um mm-hmm. and uh, yeah to be honest like i definitely didn't pay attention too much to when this one was on was playing yeah yeah it, it yeah miss missed the mark for myself but uh, overall this Nintendo Direct Mini, it was okay. Like they rehashed some of the news we already knew of. A couple of new game announcements, like Harvest Stella, I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanc, and then Disney Dreamlight Valley, 
were the three that sort of hooked me. And then obviously you mentioned, yeah, Lorelei and the laser eyes looked very distinctive and stood out amongst this uh, group of games that they showcased as well. Yeah, and rail, rail greed. <laughs> Bring on <laughs> the railway tycoony goodness. Yeah. What did you say? Choo-choo, right? Choo-choo. Choo-choo. All right. Um, let's jump over to this. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of at EA. Obviously, that is Electronic Arts official and primary Twitter handle. And uh, they tried to get on the cool internet hysteria. What do we call this? Meme wagon, I don't know. Yeah, meme wagon. The thing that's doing the rounds and everything on all the platforms. And the tweet reads, There are 10, but they only like playing single-player games. So this felt very, 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 very tone-deaf to me. Because, uh, you know, with, with EA, they've famously closed down a lot of their single-player focus studios. Like you think of Visceral Games, who's done Dead Space. They got closed a few years ago, mm-hmm. only for them to now be remaking a Dead Space with other studios amongst the EA umbrella. Yeah. Um, and then even think of, like, the, the games tied into the Star Wars franchise they're making, which are single-player games. So... Old and existing franchise uh, studios that are under EA getting all kinds of disrespected in this. And you read the comments and you read a lot of the responses to devs either working at EA or, you know, were let go when their studios were closed, all pretty much saying, yeah, EA, stick it up your ass. This is, you know, pretty mean. You're being a bunch of wankers. And I just wanted to show some light, like shed some light on that because I thought it was very tone deaf and really missed the mark. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, right now we're in a stage in like social media where uh, corporations or, you know, the face of corporations appearing in a social media space, we're seeing like edginess um, being rewarded and hyped up a little bit. Um, certain studios, it works. Um uh, the team uh, sloth uh, the do among us um, they have mm-hmm. a great social media manager who's usually out there causing some brilliant creative chaos um, and then obviously the team at Devolver have known to put out an interesting tweet or two uh, unfortunately when you're a face like EA um, like you are a big big group and then you kind of put out something like this that not only makes you look bad you were representing a whole group of people to make them look bad. And you're also then shitting on your, you know, other people that are similar in the industry. And it, it, it definitely did come through um, really tone deaf, really, really cruel and shitty as opposed to like hilarious and edgy. Um, yeah. Uh, they definitely, <laughs> they definitely got reprimanded for it. Uh, a lot of people were mad about it. So I think they had to put out an apology. Yeah, they they circled back and and yeah tried to tried to backpedal a little bit on what they were saying, but yeah, it, it really missed the mark. And I think you nailed it. Some of these some of these studios, <clears throat> their social media awareness is phenomenal as far as the content they come out, and it's very on brand. But this just felt like some corporate suit saw one of these TikTok videos about you know he's a 10, but, or he's a six, but, or, or, you know, whichever version they want to go with. And let's, let's do that. Someone, someone spin up a great tweet and let's, uh, let's get all the awesomeness off the back of that. And mm. yeah, this was a big old misfire from EA who, uh, you know, misfire pretty regularly. Like you think of franchise under there, like not only just Star Wars, but like new Mass Effect coming out, new uh, Dragon Age coming out. So many 
massive games that they're known for are giant single player beasts. And they've just, yeah, pissed all over them with this tweet. And uh, yeah, they, they got every bit of roasting that they deserved off the back of that. So uh, just, just be better. Don't have to try and follow the meme trends to try and get some, get some clicks, but yeah, EA gonna EA, right? Yeah, you don't need to push others down to put yourself a little ahead. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, well, they learned their lesson. That's it. And if you don't want to wait for the seemingly many, many years ahead until Dragon Age or the new Mass Effect makes its way to platforms, we got you covered. New releases and events. Solid segue. Uh, solid segue. One of, one of my better ones for today. Yeah, as far as new release coming out this week, obviously... Yen Cast First is officially out with the first episodes available right now on all good podcast platforms. So if you wanted to search um, 8Crit because it is under the 8Crit Master RSS feed, so A-T-E-C-R-I-T, that will pop up and you'll be able to listen to the first episodes in our Witcher-inspired roleplay one-shot there. Check that out. Feedback would be appreciated because uh, a lot of work went into that one. As far as new TV shows dropping this week, nothing nothing huge, nothing groundbreaking, but I just wanted to shout out because I'm a big-time Wheel of Fortune fan. Apparently, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, the f- season one, is airing this coming week, and I'm going to give that a spin because I ah, love me some Wheel of Fortune. Very, very good wording. Yeah, I didn't even mean to do that one. That was oh. just... Uh, that's, that just slipped out there. Yeah. But um, mm. also... Um, I'll get a tea, please, Miss Hart, for Thor, Love and Thunder, which is officially making its way to the cinemas this week. We already mentioned it is part of our pizza prediction as well. So if you want to get some tasty slices on us, head on over to Instagram.com forward slash we are 8 bit and predict the Metacritic score for Thor, Love and Thunder to go in the running to win yourself some pizza from 8 bit I can't wait for this movie. We talked about it at the jump, but I'm just very excited and I feel it's going to be great. And yeah, I'll be excited to talk about this um, on THG 291 next week because I'm going to be checking it out on that Thursday. The second it hits the screens, I'm going to be there. Games coming out this week, outside of the ones we mentioned in the Nintendo Direct Mini that are already available on that Nintendo eShop, which Mm -hmm. I thoroughly recommend checking out. You can also play Match Point, which is a tennis sports simulation game so if you're enjoying tennis you want to relive Wimbledon or <laughs> the French Open or the Australian Open you want to try and be Nick Kyrgios and spit at fans like you did this week uh, you can maybe do so in match point uh, we also got Arcade Ageddon coming out this week on just about all platforms Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series is coming out this week and Madison so Four very unique, distinctive games available on just about every platform, as well as those games on the Nintendo Direct Mini we announced earlier. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of episode 290 of THG. Anything else you want to shout out or mention before we get on out of here? Yeah, I'm just going to kind of, sorry, but like rub it into the faces of Australians. Um, I will not be able to watch Thor uh, because the black phone, a uh, kind of awesome looking horror movie that's coming out that we've been waiting for quite some time. It's actually going to be out here. So um, I'm hoping to watch that. <laughs> so Yeah, we have to wait Americas. extra weeks. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. It's gotten good reviews, so, so fingers crossed. Yeah, that, I, I know there is a few cinemas doing some like um, 
early premiere screenings around, but mm-hmm. I haven't been able to mm-hmm. find any in Melbourne yet because I really want to check it out. Fantastic horror. Ethan Hawke is apparently just a tour de force on screen as, so he, as he always yeah. is. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so sad because if I have to wait till it officially comes out here, we're, we're like a month behind in the United States on this one. We've gotten pretty good the last few years yeah. as far as simultaneous releases across the world but yeah sadly black phones got a bit of a bit of a runoff there and i'm going to be very jealous if you get to watch it this week and i don't but i'm going to be excited to talk about with you but uh yeah brings to the end of episode 290 of the hungry games podcast thanks to each and every one of you for stopping on by giving us those listens be sure to rate view subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And if you're doing so, remember to screenshot that and send it to us on the socials or hello at 8bit.net to go into the draw to win yourself an Audio-Technica gaming headset. But Miss Hart, I think it's time to bid our due for another week. But until then, 8 Nation, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.